Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everyone, to the Alt Left. This is episode 115. We got a full boat today. With me, as always, is the good Reverend Dr. K. Good evening, everyone. And Drew, the well endowed. Why you gotta make up lies about me? <laughs> I'm just trying to be a good publicist, man. Uh, would you rather have him like Drew, give everybody the shamefully the truth? endowed? Yeah, honesty is the spice of life. Drew, the aggressively average. There you go. Yes, aggressively average. The story it's, of my life. That is my favorite phrase for myself. We all know I like moderates in moderation. Moderates in moderation. Yes, we all know you're a centrist at heart. So, <laughs> um, before we get into my doom and gloom, um, let's talk about uh, Hawaiian doom and gloom. Everyone knows yeah. that Hawaii's been really nailed. Yeah, it was it was on fire for a while. Uh, it still is, actually. Was As of this recording burning? on Sunday, was, uh... the, the fires are still going. They are now far more contained. It is not the same raging death spiral it's been. I misunderstood. I thought that they were... I think the official death count already has hit 100, and there's still more uh, to Oh, go. yeah, it's over 100. Yeah, last I saw it was 93. It may have raised. Yeah, just it was 90-something yesterday. Yeah. But I, I, I would be surprised it wasn't over 100 now, because they said there was a lot more to confirm. Yeah, it's really there in more confirmation at this point. Officials are asking for uh, DNA samples from people so they can identify family members and things of that nature. So, yeah, it's going to go up. Fairly significantly, because like the basically the entire city of Lahaina, or Lahaina, I, I'm not entirely certain how you pronounce it, but the entire city burned to the ground. Yeah. So yeah, it's gone. It's just completely dust. Yeah, and like I, I watched a couple of uh, videos of people that were escaping the fire, and there's a couple of them where you actually they actually drive by corpses on their way out, and you just mm-hmm. see the horror on the faces of the people as they're driving by, and they know there's nothing they can do. Yeah, this has been a terrifying occurrence. I mean, a, a tragedy, to say the very least. Uh, I saw footage of on the highway that's right next to the water, and they're exiting their vehicles and wading out into the water to get away from the flames, uh, just leaving their cars and everything sitting on the highway, and then their cars catch fire and burn. Yeah. I can't imagine being on the freeway, looking over, and there's a wall of flames literally coming at you and having to exit your vehicle. Uh, that's that same thing. It's got to be terrifying. Yeah, the closest thing I have for that is, I don't know, about what is 10, 15 years ago, there was a big fire around us, and uh, I actually had to help a friend evacuate her home to go to her mom's house, and the only road that was open was... Uh, one that went through the mountains and we were literally like 10 feet away from the fire. Like you could see it. You just, you know, you turn to the left and there it is. And that was kind of harrowing. Like traffic was backed up. It took us an hour to go. It was only about five miles to get to the safe zone, but it took us an hour to get there. Yeah. uh, But like, it wasn't anywhere near as dangerous as this. And unfortunately, these sorts of events are going to get worse because of uh, all of our uh, leftist favorite uh, sky is falling nonsense of climate change. Yep. Um, Come on, climate change doesn't exist. No, 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 of course. It, it's a lie. No, it's these, a all these once-in-a-lifetime weather events are... Look, it snowed once, okay? 
it snowed once here in Santa Clarita. Uh, what was it this last past winter? So obviously, climate change can't exist. Yeah, and I had a mild week here in uh, Southern California, so you know it's past. The danger's gone. We don't have yeah. to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, uh, buckle up, everybody, because this is going to get a little bit wonky, and I apologize in advance, but if you have an interest in science, it actually is kind of fascinating science! in a horrifying I'm sort of way. I'm here for it, bro. I'm Lasers, do it. it. Right. So the Maui fire was caused by two problems. The first is a new phenomenon that's cropped up in the last decade or so called flash drought, which this is uh, drought conditions that form over days or weeks as opposed to years. Like, uh, for example, California is in the middle of a drought. We've had a couple of years of really good rainfall. We're not out of the drought conditions yet. It's just been lessened. But that's something that happens over years and years and years. And then it either goes out and gradually we gradually get out of it or it just kind of sustains so flash droughts happen much more quickly to the point that uh, meteorologists and geologists actually don't really know what's causing it apart from they we know it's basically just climate change but they're not quite certain on these specific instances because it's not like it happens all over it happens in very localized areas so that was what was happening around maui so it was already an unusually dry year an unusually dry summer then you combine that with Hurricane Dora, which it uh, Hurricane Dora has uh, recently become one of the few hurricanes to actually be reclassified as a typhoon because it traveled so far. It started in Central America, went out into the Pacific Ocean, then eventually crossed the International Dateline. It, cro- it went over 10,000 miles, which is far outside the normal range of any hurricane or typhoon. Yeah, and because the, correct me if I'm wrong, now hurricanes and typhoons and such, they peter out because either A, they will cross over like a landmass, right, so there's no ocean body to support them, or they will simply have traveled to a different spot where the climate isn't so egregious, and of course they lose steam and peter out. But this is weird because it just basically continued to circle the Earth, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. so basically, you're right. Uh, when a hurricane reaches landfall, eventually it loses a lot of its power because it doesn't have the right temperatures to sustain it. And it's the same. If it just moves out to the ocean, eventually the cooler water more or less just causes it to peter out. Mm-hmm. And that's typically what uh, what would have happened. Usually, you know, uh, hurricanes from our area go out, you know, into the Pacific Ocean, which is extremely cold because the Pacific Ocean is super deep. And then it peters out. Usually, well, and after... it has a northern current. Isn't yeah, that... I mean, I could be wrong. I correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Pacific Ocean is cooler also because most of it flows down from the polar ice cap, at least in the northern half of it, doesn't it? Yeah, mostly. It's that. It's uh, yeah. It's a deeper ocean than the Atlantic. There is the uh, yeah. flow of currents from the Arctic, and also it's just bigger. I mean, the Pacific Ocean is the largest body yeah. of water in oh, the that's world. that's right. Yeah, all the Mariana Trenches and stuff are on the Pacific, aren't they? All the deep spots. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, what has been happening because of climate change, the uh, warmer currents from, like, the equator and uh, that part of area, like the southern hemisphere, is starting to gradually move up further and further. And so that's giving hurricanes more warm water to feed off of. So it just keeps plugging along. And eventually it traveled over 10,000 miles. And it was so bad because... Uh, Hurricane Dora was a Category 4 hurricane. It has since degraded. I think it's actually dissipated at this point. But uh, the winds were so bad that that helped fan the flames. So whatever it was that actually started the fire in Maui, it was basically a dry tinderbox conditions, and then somebody basically just set up a fan. And so that's why it swept through as quickly as it did, and just nobody had any time to get any handle on it. 
And unfortunately, the sort of thing is just going to happen more and more often. It's going to get worse and worse. And there really isn't anything we can do to stop it. Fun times. Yeah. Yep, so settle in, kids. Don't worry. It's about to get so much worse. Yeah. Uh, Again, as usual, FEMA and the federal government have been super slow to respond to this. I don't understand why they weren't there the next day. It's weird, like, the budget and mobility that FEMA, the Red Cross, well, not even the Red Cross, but, like, FEMA and, like, the Army Corps of Engineers and all this stuff has to do relief. How are they not able to get within the United States in a day? How is it that, like, four days go by before FEMA shows up? Um, and now I get it, like, there's a lot to mobilize, right? You've got water, you've got doctors, you've got hospital, portable hospitals set up. Totally understandable. I'm not saying they need to have, within 12 hours, a total base on the ground. But how is it that water and basic medical isn't there in the first day? The only thing that I can think of is will, to be honest, is the will to actually do it. Um they, you know, the, the Hawaiian Islands there, there's, you know, big islands, there's smaller islands. We have one of the largest Navy bases that our country controls right there. The Navy base isn't even sending over ships with supplies. Yeah. The Navy base hasn't sent the, the hospital ship over. And, like, I don't know if it's docked there in Hawaii, but, like, there's no reports of it being mobilized, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, so the only thing that I can configure is red tape and the will to do it. Um, we saw this with many other natural disasters here in the United States over the past like decade, decade and a half, where it took a week or more for the, the U.S. government, our military, to mobilize any kind of response to these kinds of disasters. And in my opinion, there's no reason for it. Um, these are the kinds of things that, like, I don't I don't know who makes those decisions. I don't know if it's Congress that makes those decisions or whether it's the president. But in my opinion, those kinds of things should go to the, the front of the line. It should be, if it happens on a Saturday, they should be called in to vote on a Sunday. Um, there's no reason for these kinds of things to wait. There should be no blockage based on cost. Because at this point, all we're doing is continuing to cost people's lives. And I don't care what it costs. These people need our help. And they should get it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, again, it just every single time we happen to have one of these, it seems to be that the federal response is incredibly slow. Like, we luck out yeah. here in, like, California that... Um, we have wildfires, we have earthquakes, we have all that, but like we also have a robust state emergency system that is well-funded and mobilizes immediately. Um, Absolutely. Many states don't have that. Hawaii, of course, is, I mean, you look at Hawaii, and it's just a perfect example of colonization, right? It has all the amenities for the military, um and tourism but when it comes to actual residents of hawaii especially native residents right because there's plenty of rich white people who have moved there and taken land from indigenous people um but when it comes to actual like native hawaiians they're always left in the shit no one fucking they're always left holding the fucking bag yeah and 
you know, we can look at Hawaii, and Hawaii is actually doing much better. Look what happened to Puerto Rico um, with its hurricane a few years ago where it knocked out the entire power grid. I mean, there's still huge swaths of Puerto Rico that don't have electricity. There's still, yeah. it's been what, like four years? Something Three, four like years? that. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah, Puerto Rico is still in in shambles from that hurricane. And these are American citizens. Like, Puerto Rico may not be a state, but it is a territory. Everyone in Puerto Rico is a U.S. citizen. Yeah. And yet, they've just been left out to hunger. It just makes me think, like, I look at Puerto Rico and I look at Hawaii and I say, would that happen if this was happening in Tennessee? Would that happen if this was happening in Texas or Oklahoma? You know, would this happen in Nevada? And... I don't doubt that there still wouldn't be a slum. And look what happened in Louisiana. But again, we look at what uh, happened to a proportionally large poor and black population when all the people of money and means were able to flee the city and the state. Agreed. You know, how, how Bush dropped that ball. Like, look at the example of the uh, most recent Florida hurricane that happened, it was what, last year? As soon as it stopped, Biden was there walking, you know, right next to uh, Ron DeSantis, and they were surveying the damage together. And that happened within hours of the hurricane being finished. And disaster relief was there. Like, the hurricane hadn't even left, and disaster relief was already on its way. And so that it gives you that dichotomy of what we can do on land, on the contiguous part of the United States and how we leave our colonies out to dry. Yeah. Again, maybe this is me just grasping at straws and making assumptions, but I, I, I have a hard time believing that the uh, the melanin count and the non-whiteness that we give to Puerto Ricans and Hawaiians has a big piece to do with it as well. Oh, well, think about it this way. Where was the uh, the train that derailed, right? Where was that? I can't remember. Uh, in Ohio. State. Yeah, it was, it was Ohio, Ohio somewhere. How long did it take before there was any response for that? That's true. It took a couple of days for Buttigieg to come and say, oh, this sucks. It's going to happen more. Uh, it was actually a full two weeks before he actually showed up. Was it two weeks? Yeah, it was two whole um, fucking weeks. Yeah, it was two weeks it before a few he arrived. Now, granted, there, again, there was a relatively quick disaster response, but the Secretary of Transportation didn't show up to survey a thing under his purview for two weeks. And yes, while Florida got some attention right away, I think Florida is rich white people. I think you're you hit the nail on the fucking head. Yeah. Well, and also that Florida has a uh, a wealthy government that is ready for this kind of thing, whereas Ohio does not. Yeah, and but that's kind of my point: is a bunch of rich white people where they have a lot of money. You know, Disney. While DeSantis doesn't like Disney, uh, they still hold a lot of sway there. They still have a lot of money invested, and people are still going to. Uh, give them what they want and need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but what the fuck is in Ohio? You know, that, that people really care about so much. Uh, a very important primary state, apparently. Yes, yes. Uh, that is also true. Don't forget, for <laughs> some reason, Ohio DeSantis. has to pick every president. But we can do a whole episode on why the primary position is stupid. It, it makes a whole lot of sense when you're running around on trains. Anyway... Yeah, and, and maybe that is a lot more to do with it. Maybe it is just about wealth in an area. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I always, we always seem to see places like uh, Puerto Rico and Hawaii hung out to dry uh, yeah. from our federal government. Uh, which, by the way, uh, there are Red Cross links. If anybody does want to donate, uh, there are lots of links. You can just look it up. There's a whole lot of Help Hawaii links. Be careful who you're donating to. Because remember, 
when there's an emergency, the shittiest people also emerge. But like the Red Cross is doing a huge campaign, and there are people you can actually trust. The Red Cross is an organization that you can give your money to for stuff. Um, and there's a lot of other local Hawaiian organizations. Just do your research. There's a lot of them right now. Um, and if that's where you're feeling, you should do it, because Hawaii actually needs that help. Uh, there's actually an Instagram account you can check out uh, called Community Relief Maui. And they actually have supply lists and things you can donate to help people. Uh, so if you go go to Instagram, it's Community Relief Maui, M-A-U-I. Um, and they will actually give you lists of uh, donation places you can drop donations here in California, uh, ways you can give money, ways you can send supplies. Um, so please go and at least check them out. And worst case scenario, throw it up on your feet or something and help spread some help spread that to people who might not know where to go. Yeah, I think that's probably the best, uh, the best option. All right. Well, on to happier news. It appears uh, America's finest are serving and protecting uh, in the most professional and civil rights-minded ways possible again, as usual. Remember that we all need to back the blue. Cops are our friends. They're here to help, and it's just a few bad apples when these things happen. A cab. <laughs> That's hot. I like it when you say that. I know. So, uh, there was a news story that uh, came out today, and it was, I believe it was from an incident that happened like two days ago. It was in Kansas. So, there's this tiny little town, right? <clears throat> it's in, was it Marion? It's Marion yeah, County, uh, I believe. Yeah, it's called Marion County. Yeah, it's called is, Marion County. Uh, uh, the city is Marion, and it's in Marion County, which is about 60 miles north of Wichita. Yeah, so it's, and, it, and it is a tiny town. For instance, this is how big the, like, the police department is five people. This is a tiny, tiny little spot. And this tiny, tiny little town has a tiny, tiny little newspaper called the Marion County Record. And there was a Republican politician, I don't know who he was, he was like a state senator or something like that. And he was gathering at a restaurant and doing an open forum and meet and greet and all that stuff. And the restaurant had invited all the press out. And so... This newspaper went, and the lady who owns the restaurant is a super hardcore right-wing Trumpster, and asked the cops to kick out this newspaper because they skew all the truth and whatever. Anyway, they're a functioning paper, and they don't suck Trump's dick, and so that was a problem for her. So he was, so basically, uh, well, the place was called Carl's Kitchen, by the way, and it's a coffee shop. Um, it was a public event. And this is the quote from the uh, from the reporter. I was standing in line waiting to get a drink at the coffee shop where we, where we were, and the police chief came up to us and said, you've been asked to leave the coffee shop. You've been asked to leave by the coffee shop owner. She said, we don't want the media in here, so they threw us out. And this is a restaurant who has invited the media, right? So they said, okay. And they posted a story about being thrown out of the restaurant. Um, just saying, well, this is weird and shitty. They also had received a tip about the restaurant owner drunk driving. She had been driving drunk, then she got her license suspended for driving drunk, and then she continued to drive drunk on a suspended license. And they actually had received the anonymous tip, did not publish a story about it because they felt that would be vindictive. And also um, the newspaper editor himself said that they were pretty sure this came somehow from the ex-spouse or someone involved in the divorce papers, and this was clearly like a revenge thing, so they didn't publish anything. Even though she had been shitty to them, uh, they didn't even publish it. So the next day, all five cops and the chief uh, kicked in the front door of the newspaper, uh, did a raid on the paper, had a warrant 
uh, from a local judge who was very friendly with them and uh, stole all the computers, stole the cell phones, stole everything and absolutely destroyed and trashed the house and were so shit that the co-owner of the newspaper whose house it was, Joan Meyer, who's 98, uh, after they raided, she collapsed and died. Holy crap. Yes. Um, and also, just to note, in these situations, a search warrant is not what usually is, is, is put because there actually is a federal law stating that you can't just seize materials and do raids on newspapers. You actually have to subpoena the equipment and evidence and make a request for it to the judge. The judge actually signed off on a order and is now not taking any comment or talking to anyone about it because clearly this is a fucking issue. They took uh, bank statements, like, I mean, just everything, just took everything. Now, this is the, the, the paper's owner's home? Yes. Yes, they raided her okay. home, took uh, all of her equipment, also financial records from her son, which is completely unrelated. He's like an accountant or something. It's like they took some of his, just some of his work, so I imagine they'll try to sift through that to Did find something else. Did she run the paper out of her home? Is that... No, they raided the Why office. Why they were raiding her home? Uh, no, because she was, she was the owner. Yeah, they raided the office of the uh, paper as well, kicked out all of the reporters in the middle of the day, wouldn't let them leave, wouldn't okay. let them make any phone calls, and they were in the middle of a heat advisory in the town as well. So gotcha. I was basically, just they to, just kicked out people and tortured them for hours. Again, the newspaper did not publish this information. Uh, the gar- like CNN did a piece on it, but The Guardian did an even better article on it, where they even said the newspaper never published anything related to the information because its staff reportedly suspected the source was relaying information from Newell's husband during their divorce. Nonetheless, after police notified Newell the information was going around, which, why were the police notifying a citizen that information was going around about her? Um, She alleged at a local city council meeting that the newspaper had illegally obtained and disseminated sensitive documents. And then the police raided the newspaper because she complained and cried at a city council meeting about an article that was never published. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. I I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, this is the world that we live in. Darkest fucking timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So on Thursday, the newspaper published a story just talking about what happened at the coffee shop and then the next day on friday the cops raided everything for and the search warrant that was alleging identity theft as well as unlawful use of a computer uh the cops took computer cell phones all the reporting which was oh and by the way they took everything for publishing the paper uh so now the paper missed its deadline and they could not publish yeah they have since rented uh equipment so that they can continue to publish but they've had to go to outside sources in order to maintain their paper because everything's yeah. been seized and this is a newspaper that's been operating since 1869 wow yeah and because marion is such a small town this is going to be a blip on the news radar for a few days and then it's just going to get buried in the sea of whatever faux outrage is going to come next from conservatives because as much as they like to say that the media is against them and the government is against them the government's all for censorship they're the ones that do it they just don't want anybody to notice Oh, it's the same people who cry about cancel culture want to cancel Disney and cancel the Keurigs and throw away their Nikes. <laughs> like, quit stop, boycott quit Barbie movies and quit drinking Bud Light. The same people who fucking cry and whine about cancel culture are the ones who perpetrate it. But remember, all conservative accusations are confessions. Yes. From child trafficking to pedophilia to homosexuality to cancel culture. All of it. But again, remember, 
This is not all of them. This is not indicative of the police force. This is just a few bad apples. It's not like in Rankin County, Mississippi, where a current uh, case is being held, where two black men were held, shot, and tortured for hours in a private residence by three cops who texted each other about going on a mission. Yes. So on January 24th, three sheriff's deputies in Rankin County, Mississippi, got a text, a group text message from one cop who was on duty. And the text just read, are y'all available for a mission? I'm going to go ahead and just read the initial report. The deputy Christian Deadman informed his colleagues Hunter Edward, Jeffrey Middleton, and Daniel Updike. I'm sure they're not white. They were going to a property in Braxton, roughly 30 miles south of Jackson, to handle a complaint received by the office's chief investigator. The details of what prosecutors say happened that night were shared to federal charge document, blah, blah, blah. So basically, the neighbor of the house that this took place in uh, told them that several black men were staying in a white woman's house. And they were being suspicious. That's the tip. Two black men were staying with a white woman, and they were acting suspicious. Well, that's, uh, I'm actually surprised they didn't call the SWAT. I, I will have to applaud them for their, no, no, of their use it, of force. If they're SWAT, there's a lot of witnesses. Uh, this was a hit. Check it out. So here's what the report goes. So, Deadman warned the deputies there might be surveillance cameras on the property, and if they spotted any cameras, the officer should knock on the door instead of kicking it down. But if not, he told them they had free reign to barge in without a warrant. Uh, and then the next text message, he says, says, also, no bad mugshots, which means beat the shit out of them, just don't mess up their faces. So they pulled up in four cars, and it was five cops. Sorry, not four, five cops. Uh, they so these are the off-duty officers. Uh, several of them were, but several of them were on duty. Got it. Okay. It was a mix. Um, so anyway, they uh, they ducked behind the surveillance camera at the front door and busted. And by by they ducked behind it and they busted open the carport door and the back door. Uh, entered the home without a warrant, and then they found the two black guys just hanging out. The guys advised they were literally taking care of an older woman who owned the property. And there was one guy who was a caretaker, and the other guy was just his friend, and they were hanging out. Um, so the cops then spent the next two hours torturing them. Bear with me. Hold on. So the cops have now been charged. The six, it ended up being six cops in total at the end, and they've been charged with 13 felonies. Uh, some of them are torture and physical abuse. Uh, the cops who were involved uh, were part of a group, because remember, cops have gangs. They are gangs. And this one was called the Goon Squad. And they did this kind of stuff all the time. Anyway, they're facing state charges as well. Uh, but here's what actually happened in the assault. Basically, both men were tased, handcuffed, and then tased again multiple times after they were cuffed. So much of the batteries got changed. The, off the officer in charge, Deadman, demanded Parker tell him where drugs were stashed in the house. And when they said there was no drugs... He pulled out a gun, fired a shot into the wall of the laundry room, and then told him a second time, where's the drugs? To which case he said, there aren't any. Uh, the officers then hauled the two men into the living room where all six men spewed racial slurs at them and accused them of taking advantage of the white woman who owned the house. They warned them to stay out of Rankin County and go back to, quote, their side of the Pearl River. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Deadman reportedly drives stunted Jenkins, which means, like, shoving the taser into your body. Um, while the two black men are being, uh, and yeah, taunted them. Meanwhile, Updike searched the house and kicked open a bedroom door where he found a dildo and a BB gun. Updike mounted the dildo to the end of his gun and brought it to the living room. <laughs> Deadman took the dildo and slapped Jenkins and Parker in the face with it. He threatened to rape the men with the device, but then changed his mind when he realized Jenkins had already shit himself. 
Edward then held Jenkins and Parker down the floor of the living room while Deadman poured milk, alcohol, and chocolate syrup into their mouths. Deadman poured cooking grease onto Parker's head. Edwin then threw eggs at both men. The officers next forced them to disrobe and shower together to wash away evidence of abuse before they were brought to jail. The abuse continued in the bedroom where Updike Middleton and Deadman and McAlpin assaulted Parker, Parker's the, the victim, with pieces of wood and a metal sword. Deadwood, Middleton, Hartford, and Edwin then began to tase the two men repeatedly to see which taser was the most powerful. Edwin's taser was discharged then eight times, and Hartfield's five, and Deadman's four times. So that is 17 tases from those three guys. Then, Sounds about right. Deadman pulled out his gun and fired a shot into the yard. Edwin removed a bullet from his gun, forced Jenkins onto his knees, and put the gun in his mouth. He then fired the gun, which didn't discharge. He then racked the slide, put the gun back in his mouth, and pulled the trigger again. The bullet went through his tongue, broke his jaw, and went out through his neck. Jesus Christ. So then as Jenkins lay bleeding and dying on the ground, the officers convened on the back porch to devise a cover story. This is all what the federal charge is saying. Uh, cover story the federal charging document said the six officers would tell investigators Deadman found four bags of drugs on Jenkins outside the house, and the officers ran inside after Jenkins. They would say Edward shot him in self-defense, and Edward was only was the only officer in the house at the time. The officers began to destroy the evidence. Middleton offered to plant a throwdown gun he had in his patrol car on Jenkins. Edward instead planted the BB gun that had been used earlier with the dildo, all while Jenkins was still bleeding and not receiving any medical attention. They discarded one shell casing and Hartfield threw the men's soiled clothes into a wooded area and then stole the hard drive from the home surveillance system before throwing it into a creek. McAlphin and Middleton then threatened to kill the four officers if they ever told the truth about what happened that night. Don't worry, their wives are going to support them fully, that there was no wrongdoing, that these black men were obviously dangerous, and um, that they were just doing what they had to do. These are the good guys, everyone. Just a couple of bad apples. Just serving and protecting, man. Hey, Cab, all cops are buddies. So remember, it's not over. Like, um, I, I get flack for saying this. I miss Trump in office. I really do. I miss Donald Trump as president because people gave a shit when Donald Trump was president. George Floyd was handcuffed and kneeled on and suffocated to death. And every white person in the country actually woke up for half a second and gave a shit. This is still going on. And it's worse in a lot of places. No one fucking cares. Biden's in office. Brunch is back. I fucking hate white people. Anyway, that's all the news I have. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can top that. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's super fair, and I, I know it's always a bummer with me, and I'm sorry, guys, but, um, and to all our listeners, I know I'm always a bummer, and I, I would love to give you some great news, I just, I, I'm waiting for good news to overshadow the bad. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the day when the bad news is trivial and the good news is fantastic, and it never is. We are in a shithole that is sliding further and further into fascism. Uh, stop blaming Donald Trump for it. Donald Trump is what happens when fascism takes over. He is not the cause. The cause is you. The cause is me. The cause is all of us who have sat around and let this shit happen. Capitalism shall always decay into fascism. And it's happening. Give a shit. Do something. Make friends with people. Mutual aid. Community support. Get a lot of your fellow working class citizens. It's the only thing you can do. And yep. uh, fuck cops. Anyway, but that's all. Um, everyone hang tight. We love you. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning into our Doom and Gloom show today. Uh, please go check out the links uh, we talked about earlier to uh, to help Maui. Uh, those people desperately need it. And that is the kind of, if you're trying to do something good for the world and put a little sunshine in it, that's how you can do that. Uh, go and help people in Hawaii. They need it desperately. Um, the wealthy white landowners will do just fine. Help the common people in Hawaii who are working class people, native people, people who are trying to make it through this nightmare that the government does not care about helping them through. Um, that's how you do it. Until then, we'll see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, the revolution is you. 